in the name of God, the most gracious and the most merciful. Welcome to A Struggle Smart Podcast, a platform where we talk about mental health, identity, and faith. On today's episode, we're going to talk about why is it that we worry and how to stop. I'm your host, Nabil Rahman, a registered social worker. In high school, I tried out every single year for the basketball team, and I made none of them. I remember feeling extremely hurt, disappointed, embarrassed every time I would go near the gym and see if my name was on the list of the next cut to see if I made it to the basketball team. I particularly remember grade 9 when I thought I had a real chance and I, I played my heart out um, and, and you know I thought I, I thought I, I thought I deserved to be there. I thought I made it. I, you know I had dreams in fact the night before of like putting on the jersey and, and, and playing ball for my, my high school team. Um, if anybody who went to high school with me knows exactly what I might be talking about and they might they might just use this as so much leverage in the future for our interactions together. But, but I often wonder, why did I put myself through that? Why did I put myself through so much disappointment? And I can only conclude that I truly cared so much about basketball and I cared so much about wanting to make the team that I didn't worry about not making it. That caring and the potential and the opportunity of fulfilling something that I desired was worth the risk. And hence, I never worried about getting cut even though it was a painful experience. And as the topic of today's podcast is why is it that we worry? And how is it that we can stop? One of the things that I find working with uh, many people is that we often confuse worrying and caring. And to be quite honest, they are very different things and they come from very different places and can lead us to very different outcomes. Um, but we amalgamate, we validate worrying because we think it is somehow an expression of our care. It is an expression of our love. And and in today's podcast, I really want to explore, is that true? Is that really the case? Are they, uh, are they one and the same thing? And does one thing naturally lead to the other? Um, and, and, and there are so many things in life that we care about that also we worry about. Uh, we worry about, you know, our finances. We worry about our love life. We uh, worry about our children and their well-being and their education. And uh, we, we worry about our health and our careers and our parents and our families. Um, and one would can quite possibly say that, you know, we worry about them because we truly care about them. So, hence, if I care about something, then I'm also going to worry about that exact same thing. Seems to make sense on its surface. But if we dig just a little bit deeper, we can see how 
sometimes worrying can lead to very unhealthy behaviors, unhealthy thoughts that can kind of stay with us and kind of blur the lines between worrying and caring. So, you know, I think it's important um, for our own well-being and for the wellness of, of of us to be able to to differentiate the two and, and to truly understand what is worrying, where is it coming from, and, and hence, how is it that we can stop that so that we can invest in the things that we truly care about. We can lead with care and not necessarily lead with fear. And, and this is really important, right? Because when we worry, we are leading with fear. Thinking about something that has yet to happen. If we are worried about our children and their education, we might be worried about, you know, will they get into college? Are they getting a good education right now? Um, are they being bullied in school? These things can occupy our mind and, and worry us. But it might be yet to happen. And worrying is the prevention of what you do not want happening. So, you know, there, you know, this is idea that when we worry, we leverage our imagination in the most unhealthiest of ways. We come up with scenarios that are frightening, that causes fear in us. And whenever we are afraid, you know, the most important thing of leading with fear is the mitigation of that which is causing you fear. And so our imagination takes us to unhealthy places, catastrophic scenarios, the worst possible outcomes, and hence it is about diffusing that. It is about mitigating those risks to ensure that our fears are subsided. This is what leading with fear truly entails. And think about it. When we are worried about just our children or when we are worried about our marriage and whether our marriage is what is we want it to be, do we love our partner enough? When these things occupy our mind, fear takes us to places of the worst case scenario happening and we begin to worry. And hence, when we are in that state, we are on edge. Even the slightest provocation can seem overwhelming. We can become either completely aggressive and our behaviors might demonstrate that. We can yell, we can uh, be very dismissive, uh, we can be very apathetic, very uh, not really empathetic at all to either our loved ones or to ourselves because we're in a constant state of vigilance. We are so worried about things. But if we just were to take a deep breath, and recognize that if we can make a distinction between worrying about our children's education, worrying about our marriage and our relationships, to caring about them, then perhaps we can save ourselves a lot of emotional hardship and a lot of interpersonal challenges. Because when we truly care, you know, what is it that we're saying? We're saying that caring is leading with the emotion of love and being present in the moment as it is. Caring is staying true to what you value. 
So if you value your children and you value your spouse and you value a happy marriage, then it is staying true to what you value. Caring is about doing the things that you enjoy doing. It is about what is happening right now. It is the acceptance of letting go of what we cannot control. And it is also important to acknowledge that when we lead with care, that we accept some worries that might come along with it, as long as it does not take away from how much we care and how we show how much we care. Caring is about investing in yourself, even if that might cause discomfort. It brings you to awareness of unfamiliar parts of yourself, parts you have never yet explored, simply because you care about it and that requires you to do so. When we stay true to what we value, we recognize that some moments in our lives, what we care about, what we value, might cause us some discomfort. The same way worrying causes us that discomfort. But the difference is, when we are worrying, we are leading with fear. But when we are caring, we're leading with love. And the biggest distinction between the two is that when we lead with fear, it becomes about me. But when we lead with care, it's about that which we care about. In the relationship, it's about us. With our children, it's about them. And what role is it that we can stay, we can play to stay true to that which we value? But in both those situations, sometimes caring will cause us discomfort. Sometimes, because we care about our spouse, because we want a healthy marriage, and it might not be where we want it to be, rather than worrying and experiencing that discomfort, what if we cared and accepted the discomfort that comes with perhaps growing as an individual, perhaps challenging some negative thoughts, perhaps changing some unhealthy habits, or perhaps having some very uncomfortable conversations because that is truly going to get you to where you need to be. If we accept that discomfort because it comes from a place of love and care, then we are not as scared of it than when we start worrying about things. You know, worrying has this wonderful way of not actually addressing the core reason for why we are worrying. You know, worrying is about thinking about the future and what is about to happen in the worst possible way. Nobody wants to experience that discomfort now if they think that tomorrow and the future is going to be terrible. But you know, when we lead with care and we truly recognize that when I care, I'm not getting rid of the emotional distressors that might come with caring sometimes, that might come with working on ourselves sometimes. I'm simply saying that I'm not going to make my future catastrophic as I do when I lead with fear, as I do when I'm worrying. Instead, I am going to make my future as pleasant as I desire it to be by investing in myself today and that might cause me some discomfort and that is okay. We are not running away from discomfort. Fear wants you to run away from discomfort. Worry has this really interesting way of rationalizing why you need to worry. And you know, one of the things that it does is that 
what it makes worrying about self-preservation. When we become chronically worried, it takes so much of our attention that we cannot invest enough time on the things that we care about. Worrying can be consuming because it's a fear-based emotion. And when you lead with fear, you know, when a lion is chasing you, you're not going to reflect on the things that you care about and things that you love. You're going to try to mitigate the risk of being chased by a lion. This is human nature. But if you're constantly in that state of fear, of worrying, then what you're really doing is taking time away from what you care about. But the mind rationalizes our fears. You know, it will say to us, what if your child does not get into the best colleges or the best universities or is not getting the best education? You become so consumed with fear that it becomes about you and not about your child. So while your child might want to you know, just throw the baseball with you or just want to go to Quran class with you, you might want him to study for a math exam or hire a math tutor. And because you want to make sure that he is successful, so much to the point that you forgot about the time that you can spend together. When the fear becomes all-consuming, we tend to care less, even though we think we're worrying because we care. This is the irony of worrying. And so it's really critical as we reflect on our own wellness. We cannot lead with worrying. We cannot lead with fear. In today's society, there are enough things outside the sphere of our control that will make us worry, that will feed fear into our hearts. And if we have no love or care to ground us in, nothing to take our attentions away from that which we are fearful of, that which causes us worry, that even the things that we care about will erode into the things that we worry about. So how can we stop worrying? You know, one of the examples I like to use is the example of uh, a roller coaster. And, you know, if you if you have the chance, I'm sure some of you have already done this. But if you just go on YouTube and you uh, you just, go, you know, search roller coaster expressions, right? You will have two people sitting, uh, you know, side by side. One person absolutely ecstatic to ride the roller coaster can't wait for it to begin and the person sitting next to them is mortified terrified you can see it in their faces who is leading with fear and who is leading with care and does it change the outcome of what can happen on the roller coaster someone is thinking about what can possibly go wrong. This will be an awesome experience. I paid probably a lot of money to get into the, you know, the theme park that day. So I might as well make the most of it and enjoy the experience that I'm just having at the moment. One of them is present. You know, the other person is thinking about the worst case scenario. How high will it go? What if something happens in the roller coaster? What if something mechanically doesn't work as it needs to? They're so worried that they cannot wait for the present moment to end. I'm sure they would love to do nothing more than to get out of the roller coaster or just wait for it to end. They are not in the present. But did anything change the outcome of what was going to happen? It didn't. 
but it changed the experience that each of them had. So one of the ways to stop worrying is recognizing that we don't always have to be vigilant and we should practice being present in the things in our lives that matter to us. So if we are, for example, worried about our children's education, then rather than being so vigilant all the time, let's be present in their lives. Have a conversation with them about how school is going and truly listen, not for what is wrong, but for what is right. Truly immerse yourself in that conversation. Be present. It is not about what could go wrong, but perhaps it can be about what is right right now. You know, the distinction between vigilance is that we are at a heightened state of awareness. We are looking for cues that might indicate danger, and we'll pick up on those things. And there's, you know, there's a time and place to be vigilant, but we cannot lead with vigilance. We must lead with care because, you know, there is you will not overlook something you care about. But the fear based mind tells us that, hey, must be vigilant, need to know what's happening in your child's life and be so vigilant that you forget to be present. Being present means you're listening actively. And if there is something of concern, if there is something happening to your child that needs attention, then when you lead with care, you are accepting that discomfort. See, being present doesn't mean not to accept that discomfort. It doesn't mean everything is beautiful. It means you're willing to experience the discomfort because you care about your child's education. But when you're vigilant, you know, we're not present. We're always heightened. We're chronically vigilant. And it starts impacting other areas of our lives. And then we can't stop because a a mind that's in a state of vigilance is in a state of anxiety. And we need to calm our anxieties enough to be present. You can't have two at the same time. So being present is something that we must strive for as opposed to being vigilant. Same applies for our uh, marriages and our relationships. If you want them to be as successful as we want, then we need to be present in our relationships and not necessarily vigilant about what is not working. Again, you might experience discomfort by being present, by having those hard conversations, but at least those hard conversations will yield you know, results that would be desirable to you as opposed to fear that's just conjuring up the worst case scenario without actually you know, doing anything about it, except impacting our wellness in a negative way. Another thing that we can do is, and this is hard to do, is accept uncertainty. One of the biggest challenges of the human experience is that you know, the arrow of time goes one way as far as we know it. You know, we can only experience the present. We can prepare for the future and we can learn from our past. But we cannot know what tomorrow has in store for us. The passage of time, the arrow of time makes it as such. So accepting uncertainty helps us understand that there are variables way outside the sphere of our control. And if we try to control those variables, we are inevitably going to be met with failure, with disappointment. And those experiences, if we learn from them, can help us understand that we need to accept uncertainty 
be okay with not knowing acknowledge your fears of you know uh, perhaps you know of, of our fears of our children wanting a good edu- having a good education accepting the uncertainty of we just don't know if they'll go to college or university or a trade school but we can invest in what they're doing today and we can be present in that experience and whatever happens 10 years from now 2 years from now 6 months from now is something that i cannot guarantee today so accept uncertainty it will reduce the worry that we experience and enhance the care and love that we can lead with to make those moments special, to make those moments count. And that doesn't mean that we take them to math class every Tuesday. And it does not mean that we don't take them to math class every Tuesday to make sure that they're tutoring. If you want to work on your relationship, it does not mean that you don't go for couples counseling if that's something that you need. It simply means that you're not worried about the worst case scenario. You know that by taking them to math class, you're truly immersing them in an an education that they might enjoy. But if you truly care about your child, and let's say your child is not having the experience that you would like them to have, then listen. Because ultimately you you were worried about your child going to post-secondary education because you wanted their success. So listen to your child about what success means to your child. Perhaps trades is where they would want to go. Don't let your fear of what success means for them dictate what happiness they will experience in life. Let them explore. The future is uncertain. Accept the uncertainty. Lead with care is another really important way of mitigating fear. One of the other ways we can practice the reduction of, of worrying, or you know, one of the ways we can stop worrying, is exploring what thoughts alleviate our fears and what thoughts perpetuate them. One of the most important distinctions we can make is not every thought is true. You know, there was a, a study that I, I was uh, I was reading where it, it said that on average, you know, humans experience approximately 20,000 thoughts a day. Do we even remember 100 of them? Do we remember 50 of them per day? You know, so the idea is we do this all the time. We take, it's not like we filter in information and then we filter it out. Sometimes we don't even recognize that we've ever thought of them. So why can't we do that with certain thoughts that perpetuate our fears but serve no purpose in enhancing our care. So we can write down thought journals, thought records, where we identify what are my thoughts that I'm having mostly. And you write the thoughts down. And you look at those thoughts. You know, writing down the thoughts is really important, right? Putting it down on a piece of paper, visually seeing what those thoughts are rather than it being in our minds and our brains and all over the place. Writing the thoughts down and then Truly giving yourself a chance to observe them, analyze them, reflect on them, and if need be, challenge them. You know, what's the evidence for a thought that you're having that's perpetuating your fear? Can there be a counter argument for that, for that thought? Truly exploring what those thoughts are. And, and finally, one of the most important things we can do uh, as a way to stop worrying is to start really caring. 
right? And caring, if we're so used to worrying, can be very uncomfortable. But let's lead with care and love. And by that, I mean truly take a deep breath. Slow our thought processes down and go back to what is it that we value. What are your values? When you just take that moment and reflect and see, are your behaviors, are your thoughts corresponding to that which you value? Or are they being led by that which you fear? And when we stay true to that which we value, we lead always with care. And so that's it for our episode today. I hope this was of value and there were certain things mentioned that were things that you might be able to implement, try out, see if it's something that you know reduces our worries and increases our opportunities to lead with care. And stay tuned for our next episode where we continue the discussion around how can we validate our emotions and not shy away from them? And how can we understand the role that our thoughts and our rational mind plays in our overall wellness? So that's a deep, deep topic, but it's one that I'm hoping you guys will tune in for. So until next time, this is the Struggle Smart Podcast. Take care, everyone.